you don't have to have a high net worth. I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions about real estate is you have to, you, like you were saying earlier, you have to start with something in order to get something you don't. You're listening to the Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Azria Show. I am Marcus Maloney, and I have my co-host and executive director, Mike Del Pre. Hello, hello, hello. So we are having an amazing show today. We have Mike Anderson that is going to be with us today, and we're going to talk about some wild, amazing, and crazy things. He, he has some great stories. Actually, just to give you a little bit of the backstory, Mike knew Mike. I knew Mike. Me and Mike went out to dinner, and and it's a long story. We'll we'll definitely get into it, but we're going to be talking about rentals. We're going to be talking about fixing flips. We're going to be talking about quite a bit. So get ready, buckle up your seat belts. You know, get strapped in, get your notepad, your pen, paper, and I want you to take some detailed notes because we're going to be kind of going all over the place today, but we do have a focus and you will definitely understand that focus at the end of this episode. So welcome guys. Hello. Hello. What's up, Mike? (laughs) Glad to be on the show. Thanks guys. All right, Mike. So kind of give us, give us the backstory. I mean, me and Mike, we know you, but share with the audience your backstory, who you are, what did you do before real estate? Before real estate, I actually started my career in aviation. I started flying airplanes when I was 15 years old. My mom used to drive me to the airport so I could fly. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. yeah. And then I got my commercial multi-engine instructor uh, licenses at 18 years old, started teaching at the University of Oklahoma in the back back classrooms at 18 years old, aviation. Wow. And I thought that's where my career was going and things changed in life and that's the way things happen. But basically when I went to Michigan State after that, Michigan State University, and while I was there, I was developing some web pages and ended up building a, a, a top 10 web page in the world. It's still on a site called waybackwind.org with my picture up there. It's a history of the internet. That's how old I know. But so long story short, I thought, you know, I was going to get my four-year degree so I could go back into aviation. Things didn't go that route because I got offered some sizable jobs having that web page out there. Yeah, basically okay. the presence of the web page. So, and, you know, ended up working for Microsoft and USA and Blue Cross Blue Shield kind of corporate ladder type of things. So let me let me ask you this because I run into quite a few real estate investors and they always intrigued by aviation. I mean, what what is it? What 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 drew you to aviation to flying? You know, that's that's a great correlation. I think it's the the word freedom. It, it okay. gives us a sense of freedom because both real estate and aviation give us that sense of freedom where we can get away from everything or we have control of our own destination. Okay. Uh, we can fly wherever we want to go. We can do whatever we want on our own time schedule. And that's that's something that you can't really take away. And that's, you know, what that's all. Okay. About. I like that. Mike, you going to buy a plane? Hey, you know, I don't. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you got a pilot already. Yeah. I mean, maybe Mike will buy the plane. I'll fly with him. Just fly. That's, Mike already has a plane. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I'll, I'll fly, but I don't want to. I don't need to buy one. Okay. So then you you got into IT. Tell us about this this freaking this web page, man. Oh, the web page. So basically Michigan State allowed you to develop web 
pages if you had you were a student at Michigan State and I developed some of the very first web pages ever at Michigan State they're up there I, I know I, for a fact I developed the first criminal justice web pages at Michigan State University because they gave me an A in the class just for developing the web page and I I don't know if I should be saying this in camera, but I had to show up to class. <laughs> oh, what? What? I hope that I didn't take my degree away or something, but I don't need any more. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that, and, you know, when I started developing that, I also developed my own webpage and I, and I called it the flight deck because I was a pilot. So I called it the okay. flight deck and I started putting some of the first graphic icons on there, which had scrolling graphic images and, and JavaScripts that they had in the internet. Some of the, some, there was very few people doing it at the time. So that got a lot of traction to my page. And then they got gotcha. a tracker that kept track of all of the hits for your web pages and and mine made the top 10. So which is cool history yeah. now because it would cost tens of millions of dollars yeah. to get a top yeah. 10. It, it, I know I can tell my millions. grandkids that, yeah. but it, I <laughs> love it. So so this was at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. How long were you doing IT? How long was I doing IT? Well, so I actually started hand coding HTML. Back then, they didn't have editors, so I started hand-coding HTML in one of my classes at Michigan State. Maybe I shouldn't be saying all this. <laughs> so I, I was hand-coding it and because I, I was kind of bored. So I hand-coded it, and if you made one mistake, the whole thing would break. So I, once I developed those web pages, my career kind of changed that way. I didn't, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that that was the direction I was going to head. So I was in IT for about 25 years Wow. after that because I started, once I got out of Michigan State, they hired me right away. I went to... Austin. I was one of the founders of Data Junction Corporation, which is basically an ETL tool. Okay. It's actually one of the top selling ETL tools in the world. And it's now being acquired by HCL Technologies, which is an Indian company. So, okay. Yeah. Well, so you, so you was just a regular old brainiac at 18, yeah, man. flying and building top 10 websites. And I never thought of myself that way. And I still don't. But I mean, <laughs> I think it's just motivation. What a, I'm just a motivated person. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So how did you transition into, because I know Azria played a big part mm -hmm. of your life in transitioning into real estate. So how did, how did that all occur? What made you even think about real estate? Because from what I gather, you were having a successful career in IT. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I started a lot, some of the way that you, you hear on different people talking about by reading books and then I transitioned into Azria. But one of the books I read, of course, which everybody brings up, 44 million copies, Robert Kiyosaki, mm -hmm. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm -hmm. here in Phoenix. He lives yep. here in Phoenix, too. So there you go. Robert gave you a plug. You got to have him on the show. Yeah. 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 I, can, I can. We can try to, I think, Greg Slaughter, mm -hmm. Kim's wife, is friends with Kim, actually. Oh, awesome. So long story short, yeah, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then I said, well, what can I do? And I was like, whoa, look, Azria is here in town. And a plug for Azria, number one. Real estate investor association <laughs> here in the United you. States. Highly You're recommend up. it. You know, so it's great to be had that. I think it's what eight years running. You guys are number one. Oh, there's a lot of different, Fair, lot, we, lot of numbers, yeah, accolades. Yeah, yeah. We've been around twenty years though. Well, oh, congratulations, thank you to you guys on that. So I, I showed up to a Azria meeting. I think it, you know, you, you show up. And they started going over all the numbers. Of course, that's right up my alley. So mm -hmm. they started going over the, all the numbers of houses that are sold and how many each price point and all that stuff. So as I started getting into it and I said, what would it take in order to get into that, to the housing market? And 2008 came around. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows 2008, things changed dramatically. Right, right, quickly. And that's when I, I said, well, you know, what can I do to buy a house? So this is where I came up with this crazy idea when I'm working now. Now I'm in IT 
kind of went from aviation to IT. Now, now I'm sitting there in IT and I was like, well, how do I transition to real estate? And one of the things I was watching this TV show, I guess it was called Barter King. Okay. And Barter King is where the guy starts off with a pen or whatever, and he trades his way up to a Lamborghini at the end of the show. <laughs> so he just keeps on trading, trading, trading. And I was like, well, this is great. This guy's making money out of nothing. Literally. Mm -hmm. He's okay. not paying taxes, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's trading something. Right, so right. I don't think you had to pay taxes. Barter right. system. It's a barter system. I was okay. like, this is amazing. How do you make money out of nothing and not have to pay taxes? So I decided... I was boarded IT that day and I said, I am going to try this myself. This is kind of the, the fuel to, to start the fire to buy my uh -huh. house, which is basically I'd, I saw a Sunday newspaper sitting next to me at work. So I grabbed the Sunday newspaper. I went over to the Sunday newspaper. I cut out the coupons and I went on eBay and I sold them. Wow. So okay. I made $25 tax-free that day. And I thought I was Wow, because it was $25. You're, you're still working at the IT. I'm working at, doing this? Okay. I'm working at IT. I Got it. probably shouldn't say company name, but, but I'm working at IT. That's, that's, Got it. That's kind of where it starts. You know, you, you have this idea and some people, they will have an idea, but they won't act on that idea. Mm -hmm. You know, you said, hey, you know what? This guy did it on TV. Let me try it. And you just started cutting out some coupons and sold those coupons. That's the key. Action. Action's the key. Yeah. And mm -hmm. determination. I think the two biggest factors that, you know, you got to be motivated, determined, stick with your, your Okay. So now I'm really curious about this whole coupon and trading up thing. So how did, what, what was next? What did you. You didn't know you were going to go into coupon. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I told everybody. We got to kind of go everywhere. <laughs> The coupon show now. So basically what we did is uh, I cut out those coupons. I sold them on eBay. I got mm -hmm. that $25 or whatever that was free that day. It paid for my lunch. And I said, well, what else can I do? I'm, and one of the other things I did is I had all these airline miles because I was traveling for a company doing ETL conversions, increased mm -hmm. conversions. And I took my miles and I, I went to a site called flipmymiles.com, sold my miles. I got money for that. And I kept on doing all these things to add up to additional monies on the side, which I put into a pot. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, going out and buying cars and stuff, I put it into a pot and that pot, I got up to $55,000 in the pot all of a sudden, you know, just doing the stuff. I'm flipping bartering stuff. Yeah. Got it, doing got the it. bartering stuff from, you know, just being creative. It, was, it really, you know, it really wasn't about the money. It was really about how can I make something out of nothing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You literally can make something out of nothing if you're determined to make something right, out of nothing. Right. True. And so, and, you know, basically what it is, I got that money and I, and I learned about manufactured spending. I learned about, if you haven't heard about manufactured spending. I haven't. Okay. Well, that's something you got to look into. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's do it. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that's intriguing to me about this is because everybody, well, most people say, I don't have anything to start with. Mm -hmm. well, this guy started with some coupons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had an IT job, but you know, he started with the coupons just to see what he can do. And what I always tell people is you got to, it even said in the Bible, you got to look around and see what you have. And then you take an assessment of what you have and you start with that. And that's right. kind of what you did, Mike. And that's, that's, that's really good, man. So you guys that's listening, look around you and see what you have and start with that. You know, if it's equity in your home or if it's an extra car or something like that, if you go on the internet, you'll see people are selling and trading out stuff all the time, just like you yeah. did with the, with the airline. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can go to your garage and find stuff on there and sell that stuff on, and you start there and you just keep on yep. multiplying Expand. it. It's like a, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. So, yeah. So I did all these things, manufacturing 
flipping to flip my miles coupons. I got up to the $55,000 and my neighbors decided to have a party for Halloween. Mm-hmm. I went over to the Halloween party and at the Halloween party, literally this lady came up to me. She said, I'm a, I'm a realtor. Are you looking to buy anything? Mm-hmm. And I said, ah, that's funny you ask. All because, right. Um, I, I, you know, I got this 55,000, but in the market crash in 2008, we're in 2008, the market crashed. And she said, I have a house for sale for 55,000. And I was like, somebody must've told her I had exactly 55,000 <laughs> in my penny right. pot. So I was like 55,000. I thought when you had to buy a house, I thought you, cash. I thought that meant you had to buy a house cash. I didn't know anything about uh-huh. hard money at the time. Mm-hmm. So I said, Oh, I'd like to see the house. So I went over to the house. Where was the house at? The house is in Buckeye, Arizona. Wow. Okay. Yavapai Street. Okay. Still yeah. remember that. Still remember that. Everybody right? always like remember downtown, that right? Yeah. You, you don't yeah. ever forget it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I went over to, to Yavapai Street in Buckeye. It was a three three bedroom, two bath house. I looked at the house and I said, well, what's wrong with this? How can this be $55,000? I was like, the cost of the land and the material are more than the value of what you're selling the house for. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. What year was this, Mike? 2008. Okay. 2008. 2008. So, yeah. So I called up the former owner. Somehow I got a hold of the former owner and he said, oh yeah, you know, I, I had lost my job or whatever. And so I said, what's wrong with the house? He said, nothing. This doesn't make any sense again. I'm still, I, it, it logically doesn't make any sense right. to me why anybody would sell a house for $55,000, but I'm going along with the program, but I'm, I'm, you have these question marks in your head of denial that something's got to be wrong. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a lot of new people that come into our business who in their right mind would sell their house at 50 cents on the dollar. Right. You know, that's, that's, what's amazing about real estate. People don't believe it. You know, then I think we get that stigma of like all oh, your stealing houses and your, you know what I mean? The investors get that bad name, but we're actually solving problems. Exactly. You know, and people would rather move on from that house because it's such a headache. I think that's a great point, Mike, because you are solving problems because mm-hmm. they don't have another exit strategy. Yeah. And that house was going to sit there vacant. And if it sits there vacant, what's going to happen is we're going to have people moving in that, that are not authorized to move in. And we're going to have drugs and problems yep. in your neighborhood. And he said he lost his job. He he left. He took off. He just gave up on the property. So yeah. that's where we come in as investors and are able to capture opportunities. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a win-win situation. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, you don't have to use the, the the police to go over there and remove people from their houses. And that costs a lot of money to do all this stuff and evict people. So, and you have all that crime coming into your neighborhood. So it solves a lot of problems because now he has money to go use capital to go buy or live somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't yep. have crime moving into the neighborhood. And then I ended up with a good property. And, yep. and so did you... So you bought it. I bought it. Yeah, I bought it. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. out of coupons pretty much, right? <laughs> That's amazing, man. Yeah. So yeah, we, we picked it up. It was $55,000. I, I think I rented it out for like maybe $700 at the time. Okay. And I'm still in IT. And I said, this is great. You know, I'm still working IT. I'm sitting here in the office every day typing and doing my computer stuff. And I'm still getting, I'm getting money coming in and I'm not really not doing, doing anything, anything. Or yep. besides renting it and signing a piece of paper. And I was like, this is too easy mm-hmm. compared to ID. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, this is too easy. So so what happened next? You bought it, you rented it? Would yeah, you I bought it? it, I rented it. And then it's, things started going, you know, the market started changing. And as the market started changing, I bought another one over on Adams Street, 16128 West Adams Street. Bought it for hundred $101,000. And I started renting that one and I leveraged them. And then those started going so up. How'd you buy that one? Did you, because you, you didn't know about hard money yet. I didn't know this. about hard money yet, so but I made five, five to $10,000 off the rents for the first house. Got it. And then 
I got smart. Okay. You get smarter as you get older. Sounds like, <laughs> like you're pretty smart already, but we got even more smarter. Yeah. yeah. We got more smarter, wiser. So basically what I did is I took the five $10,000 and then I used that and I found a program where if you put, I think it was 5% down at the time, you could buy a house. Okay. okay. And I don't know how I ran into this. It was actually a guy in the mall. He was he was selling houses up <laughs> you there. You love talking to people. Oh, I love talking. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's it. I love talking to yep. people. And I I was actually, you know, he looked like he was bored. So I walked up to him. I started talking to him. He's like, "Oh, I bought this house for fifty five. And I told him the story. So I was like, "So you saw a guy in the mall? He looked bored. So you're like, let me tell my yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yes, <laughs> get something. Awesome. That, yeah, that's pretty much how it went. So I walked up to him, and he's an older gentleman, and he looked like. He could use the company. So I said, yeah, I got this house. And I, you know, I was like, he said, he said, well, do you want to buy another one? Because it's, you know, it was one of those places that sell the houses in the mall. And I said, well, what do you got? And he showed me this house. And I said, sure, let's go take the guy it. in the mall. The guy in the mall. Yep. You got to love the mall. Yep. Yep. You, so. you can never underestimate anybody, right? Yeah. Like you never know who's who. That's like when you're at these meetings at Israel or any net, anywhere you're at not just the mall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't know who's who. So this person in the mall had an opportunity for you. He had an opportunity. Okay. That's exactly Tell it. Us. And I made an opportunity out of it just by talking. And everybody yeah. should talk, talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. So basically I went up to him and I asked him when he had available. He said, well, I got this house out in Goodyear and I'd like you to see it. I was like, let's go. Let's go. I'm motivated now, right? Because mm -hmm. I got my $700 coming in. I'm, right, I'm right. right. You got cash flow coming in. Yeah, yeah. Love so... It. So I went over there and saw the house and he's like, well, this one's on special one where you can, you know, put, I think it was five, five or 10% down. So it's either five or 10,000 because it was a $101,000 purchase. Mm -hmm. And I put 10,100 down or whatever it was. It wasn't a lot of money. So I pulled it from the other house, put down the, the money, bought the house. Mm -hmm. Everybody else didn't want to buy the house because they, they didn't see the value in the house because the floors were kind of crappy and torn up and coming up. Mm -hmm. So you leverage funds equity from your first house in order to get the uh, I house? I had already made, made rents in the first house. Got it. So like you're a just year saving it. For yeah. probably about Got a year. Yeah, I'm yeah. saving it. Right. Got so it. I made, set, let's say I made 7,000 plus some change on, you know, doing some other things. Okay. Some more coupons. So, so basically, yeah. So we, we bought that house for 101,000. I think I put 10,100 down. You know, I think it was 10% now that I'm thinking about it. So 10% down. And then I started renting that. Now I'm getting two rents coming in. Now this, this is party time now. So, you know, we, we're moving up. We're moving still up. at the IT. Still in IT. Got it. Got it. Okay. So now I got cool. the side money where I can go out and, you know, yeah, basically, you know, buy some few extra toys or whatever I need to, to do. With, like, uh -huh. But I'm also trying to put the money back in. So everything you make, you put back into another house. Yeah. And then, you know, then I went into the third house, the fourth house, whatever, you know, okay. I kept on going up until I think, you know, we maxed out about a hundred houses or, or, you know, whatever. Now I'm, kind of reconsolidating back down taking okay. it down. All right, that's a big jump. Yeah. So let's so let's kind of go back. <laughs> One house, two houses, three houses, four houses, yeah. hundred houses. Right, right. Let's let's dive in that four to one hundred space. Okay. okay. So yeah, I mean just a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean it I just kept on re-leveraging, making money on the houses, putting reinvesting, okay. put another one, re-leveraging. All while you're working. I just want to get that across like all while we're working, yeah. Love but two thousand you don't have to quit your job. You don't have to quit your job. So nothing, nothing magical. You're not doing, you know, anything action magical. <laughs> You're just saying, all right, bought the one house, save all of the rent from that house, take that money and then go on. And look another. for another opportunity where you don't have to put down, you know, 20%, you put yeah. down 10% or 5% or whatever it was. And I look for another opportunity and I made it, you, you can make your own opportunities by talking to people, mm -hmm. show up to Azria, show up to network meetings. It, 
talk to any of the realtors, Anywhere. go, go yep. call some realtors on the phone book. I mean, you can, you can make, you still got a phone book. But Mike has, he leverages his phone. I mean, no, of course, of course, everybody yeah. that you could think of in his phone. And it's funny. I tell you guys how we met. I think you listen to my podcast on bigger pockets and then you just gave me a call out of the blue. I and did. I, like, I, he was on Big Pockets. <laughs> and I said, I, I found you on Facebook and I started pinging him and I said, hey, you know, we should we should network yeah, I'm together. Like, I'm like, who's this crazy guy? He's just reaching out to me, you know, hey. just constantly reaching out to me. But I see, you know, by you doing that, that's yeah. how you increase your network, you know, and then me and you became close and then happened to find out that you know Mike and you know a lot of other people that both of us that all of us oh, know yeah. and then it was like oh okay well then we went out to dinner and then it's yeah. so i'm saying all of that to tell you guys out there that you know you just have to be in the right places at the right times you have to go to these different events and things like that and talk to people like mike said talk to people let people know what you do yeah. and you just never know how far that'll take you and never be afraid to go up and shake somebody's hand or make an introduction for yourself i mean it took me two years to get through to marcus by the way you know <laughs> i think we lost contact for like two years yeah, came back and, and then I, I finally saw you and on the go givers group here and i walked up and said hey i got I, finally get to meet you in person now so that was that was good yeah, yeah. so you never give you, you just never give up you just stick with it stick with it stick with it that's the key yeah so true so true so you went from four houses to a hundred houses yeah first so, of all why did you decide to even go that big because you were still doing it i well, mean i can see you have these couple of houses for additional you know play money vacation money mm -hmm. stuff like that what made you say, I'm going to go big and I'm just going to go all out? I think, I think actually, I just kind of got addicted to it and got used to kind of like, hey, I, if I just take the money here, put it into this one, put the money in there, and then I got two going. It's almost like planting a seed. It's it's, it's a lot like a orchard because as soon as you get that first seed and you plant it and you grow a tree, it takes a long time to grow mm, that yep. first tree. But after that tree grows, I'm starting to pick more fruit. I'm pulling more seeds up, putting Very more trees example. in. Yeah. And it just goes on and on. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't really expect it to go that and kind of became an addiction and kind of, in a way, kind of. Just... So you think we, you know, to be a successful entrepreneur, you think you have to have that addictive personality or obsession? I, I think you you have you have to self-motivate yourself a little bit in yeah. order to, to get yeah. where you want to go. And again, the key thing is, I, and I hear this in a lot of podcasts, is the key thing is just sticking with it, sticking with it. Yeah. You know, commitment. So I, I don't think it takes a high IQ. I don't think it takes a person that has a, a, a lot of yeah. resources. I know a lot of, I know a lot of dumb investors. I'm one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's all people smarter than you. And the thing is, is basically you don't have to have a high network. I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions about real estate is you have to, you, like you were saying earlier, you have to start with something in order to get something. You don't, mm -hmm. you have to start with motivation in your head, but you don't have to start with money. True. Oh, not at all. It's someone else's money. Yeah. Other people, OPP, yeah, yeah, other people, no, money, right? OPM. So, but you can also start with like nothing, basically. I mean, I this this is something I started out of nothing, really. Yeah, literally, under pretty really did. Mm -hmm. I love that, man. And that, and that's similar to to you and me, Mike. Also, it's it's seeing opportunity. That's one of the things is having that vision. I was watching, I was watching the show on Irv Gotti with Murder, Inc. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about how their story started as a record label. 
And he just saw opportunities that other people didn't see. And he leveraged those opportunities. So it started out as a small opportunity. He leveraged that. Then it got bigger. It got bigger. And it just grew. Like what you were saying with, with the orchard, you know, mm-hmm. start with one tree, with one seed, plant that one seed. It grows. Now you have multiple fruit on that tree. Now you got multiple seeds inside of each fruit and you just keep planting. So guys, that's all you have to do is you just got to start with, with something. You just got to look around and see the opportunities. So one of the opportunities is come to Azria, you know, stick around, be a fly on the wall, you know, Mm. get a chance to meet people. And the good thing about it is you never know who you're talking to. Just like Mike, he's here on, you know, a couple hundred houses. You would never look at him, you know, and notice that he's not pulling up in a Rolls Royce or Maserati or anything like that, you know, but you just never know who you, who you talk to. Yep. For every dud, there's a stud. That's right. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) Someone's always out there. So so let's take a brief break here. Word from my sponsors. When we come back, we want to talk about, you know, you building that portfolio. I know you said, you know, you just planted more seeds, but for some people, they want to know kind of that action, what exactly you did in order to do that. So let's hear a brief word from my sponsors and we will be right back with Mike Anderson. Are your real estate dreams on hold? With work, kids, everything else going on, time is limited. Most days you feel like the world's on your shoulders. You might even say to yourself, if I just had someone to lean on and push me in the right direction, I know things would happen quicker. Well, then you need to check out the Deal Finders Club, a community of investors eager to close more deals, sign more contracts, and just get ahead in life. The DFC provides weekly coaching, thriving online community, all the education you need to be confident. DFC is your fastest path to closing more deals. To learn more, head over to azdfc.com. That's azdfc.com. All right, guys, we are back with Mike Anderson and our co-host, Mike Delpree. So, Mike Anderson, so you started building out this portfolio of 100 plus units. How was that dichotomy between you still working in IT and real estate. What made you decide to go full-time in real estate? And how did you go full-time in real estate? Well, what made me go full-time in real estate is actually in between meetings while I was in IT at work, I was actually on the whiteboards explaining to my colleagues and how things work in the real estate market and how they could actually get involved. And lo and behold, I didn't know, unbeknownst to me, I'm sitting here drawing all this stuff, more and more people started coming to me and asking me questions about how to do that. And I said, you know what? I, I really enjoy this more than I do IT. And I said, IT has a ceiling. The problem with IT is it has a ceiling. Mm-hmm. You can't really, if, if I work my butt off and at one of the last companies I worked for, if you did really, really good and you were an outstanding all-star player, rocket science smart, you would get a 6% raise. Mm-hmm. But we know with inflation right now right. and inflation in general, that if you're got a six percent raise and your inflation's at nine percent, you're losing three percent a year. Right, right. So that's a no. That's a no-win situation. And you're not mm-hmm. gonna you're not gonna get ahead in life. And even if inflation's at the the normal, which is about three percent, you're still gonna get money behind. So if I was an average play person, you get a three percent raise. If you were a rock star, you get a six percent raise. I'm still just keeping in pace with inflation, even if I'm a right. you know pretty much a rock star. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. So work all those extra hours 
wouldn't you rather work and those extra hours for yourself and put that money into your pocket? I'm putting that money into other companies' pocket. Right, right. So, you know, two of the com- companies that I worked for ended up going, you know, in NASDAQ. They made tons of money. They sold those companies off. I did a lot of, you know, work for those companies and I didn't get any rewards for it. And they sold for, you know, tens of millions of dollars. We, one of the founders and we, I didn't get any, any money for the, those companies. So I said, instead of making money for other people, I'm going to make money for myself and I want to do something I enjoy. That's the key. Mm-hmm, yeah. You want to, you want to enjoy what you're doing. So right. to me, I enjoyed doing the IT stuff. How I made the transition is I actually am giving you guys a plug here, but it's a true story is I went to Asri a meeting. I met with a, a gentleman named Greg Slaughter at one of my first first meetings. It's a fix and flip meeting with was it Bob Gomez? Yes, Bob. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Bob Gomez was there and, and I, I introduced myself to Bob. Bob happened to be talking to Greg. And I said, well, I might as well shake this guy's hand too. I don't know who he is, but right. wow, like someone was like, right. looks like the guy at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. So I shook Greg's hand and then we started talking. And Greg said, well, you know, how many houses do you have? We went into the back and forth about talking about real estate and we got an elevator. Next thing I know, we're out in the parking lot talking for 20 minutes. And he says, we got to go to lunch. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. You know, so yeah. he's telling me, hey, I'm, I'm getting some of the best cap rates, capitalization rates in the country. And I'm buying these houses in Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. This is Greg talking. And I said, well, Greg, you know, I got some extra money. I, I did these house, all these houses. I'd like to take some of that money and convert it into larger cap rates, have less work. And I don't have to right. manage. And I was also managing some of my own properties, by the way, on top of the IT. I was doing my own property management. I was doing fix and flips and I was doing... IT all, all three at the same time. So you can do this. I want to motivate all the people out there. You can yeah. you can actually do this yourself. Everybody can do this. It you know does take motivation, does take commitment, dedication, but this is 100% doable. Oh, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. I think a lot of people always ask if they can do it, and I, I really want to show that home that you can do it. So when I met with Greg, he said, would you be interested in buying some of my houses? And it's, you know, that he's fixing mm-hmm. up. I think he was buying them, I, I believe, from an auction. Yeah, tax, 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 tax yeah. Okay, yeah. And he, I think he picked up a couple hundred houses. Yeah. And so I said, well, you know, what are your cap rates? And he I, he gave me the number and it was really good. I think it was somewhere between 14 to 18%, yeah. with the lowest being 12.5%. Mm-hmm. If my memory serves me right. So I said, um, okay, yeah, I'm interested. That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good, Greg. <laughs> so let's go out to lunch. So we went out to lunch. This is all, you know, started from the Asria meeting and went out to lunch. As we went out to lunch, we sat down. It was supposed to be a one hour lunch and it turned into a four hour lunch. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, me and Greg from that point forward, or, you know, we're still friends. And basically, I, I want to, you know, I know one of Greg's goals in life is to motivate people to go into real estate. So, Greg, I want to say thank you for that. Awesome. Great I could see how it turned into a four hour lunch because you like to talk and Greg like. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you did you buy properties from him or do you invest? Do you guys do partnerships or would you? So I ended up buying properties from him. From him. Okay. So I bought properties cash from him. Got it. And where'd you get the money? I got the money because I uh, bought and sold all the, those other houses and I here in town. Yeah. And then I did what they, you know, what they call it, 1031, which is a a section of the IRS code, which is, allows you mm-hmm. to legally just everybody, yeah. legally trade um, tax deferred yeah. into another property. Got it. So like for like. So mm-hmm. you basically sold your properties here in Arizona mm-hmm. 
and use that money to buy properties in Gary and across the country. Correct. Okay. Right. So yeah, so I started picking up the properties from Greg, and then we bought those properties cash. Those are good coin, good flowing cash flow properties that did not require a lot of work. Have you ever been to Gary? Yes, sir. Okay. So something you said in regards, like going into like raising money, you said you like you would teach everyone at your job about real estate, and people mm-hmm. more and more people come. So did you do any raising money at work? Because that's what I like to tell people is like the money's right in front of you. It's right around. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. You know, when I started, I was begging everybody, you know, for money. Mm-hmm. So, to, so I was like, hey, I got to, you know, I can do this and yeah. I can make more money. I was begging people for money. I was asking, you know, my friends, I'm sitting down going to meetings with to my doctor friends and, you know, I'm asking them for money. And it was kind of hard to get money a little bit at first because they were like, well, you're not proven, or, you know, I'm yep. like, yeah, yeah. well, no, I already did three houses. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, but it took a while to kind of motivate people that way. And then now I'm to the point where I have so much people come bringing, they, they want, you know, bring deals to me. I don't have the need for it because I already have my own cash and I don't want to pay to split deals and it's more work for me. So yeah. it, it changed over time mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, people want to see that you're proven at first, but you can get the money. There's a whole bunch of places where you get the money. I didn't know it at the time, all the different places where you could get money until I started. Got it. Yep. Well, it's, it's good to have that option. You know, right now, I wish I was in your position where I didn't need the money, Mike, mm-hmm. but you still know how to raise the money if you mm-hmm. need to raise the money. So that's, that's a good yeah. position to be in. Well, you can always do bigger deals. Exactly. But there should always be a work life balance, you know, between mm-hmm. work and life. So because I know me, you and Cyrus, we were kind of kicking tires on on some multifamily stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, bigger deals are are always out there. The opportunities are yeah, always, out, always there. out there. Yeah, I'm still open to those. Yep. So so you sold all of those, how all of the did you sell all of your, your portfolio? No, I sold here? some of my portfolio here at downsize what downsize. I basically took the smaller ones and turned them into bigger ones. Okay. So we have we have luxury, you know, seven digit figure houses now that are on lakes and right because you're you're doing short term rentals now, right? Correct. Well, I have short term rental. Yeah. Okay. So so it's a good segue. So you sold a lot of your smaller rentals, mm-hmm. took that cash, and you said, "Hey, you know what? The short term rental thing looked like it's it's something." You went out and you bought the luxury short term rentals and rent those out. Okay. So so that I, means I have less properties to manage less headaches to get more of my life back, but I still have good cash flowing assets. Maybe not the same cap rates as what you'd find in the smaller mm-hmm. ones. It usually doesn't work out that way going to the bigger ones, but you, I have better quality of life where I have more time to spend with my kids and family. Well, that's good. I mean, you use real estate, but you diversified your real estate. So you said, okay, instead of it being all just rentals, now I have short-term rentals, and I have some traditional rentals that's outside of this market that's giving me a higher cap rate, higher cap rate. So it's the same pool of money. You're just making more money with that same pool of money. Correct. And you're also getting that time back. Right, right. Which is key for me. Are you still clipping coupons at this time? Well, you know what? (laughs) I I, I still do use them occasionally. I tell you, I'm not going to lie. I'm still guilty with bartering. Yeah, well, no, I mean, actually, you know, the, the thing is, it's a mindset thing, and it's, mm-hmm. it's great you brought that up again because I it, it, I still have that mindset. It's like planting that first seed. The first microchip is what and it costs you the most to make, and then you make them, and they, they keep on multiplying. And so I still have that mindset. Yeah. If it, if I'm going to go to the you know Brewster's ice cream and they got a dollar off coupon, I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not I too proud. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> sure, so, I, because it's, it's that's tax free money to me. So, yeah. I mean, people talk about things, but really, you know, there's a three ways of making money in real estate, which is we can do the rentals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And then, but one of the things that people and you can do flip flips. And one of the things that people don't talk about is taxes. Mm-hmm. It's almost taboo to talk about taxes, and it's something that we need to talk about because taxes and figuring out how to do things tax-free or reduce mm-hmm. your taxes legally, reduce right. your taxes mm-hmm. yeah. is a key and to get ahead in real estate. And so one of the books I, I recommend and, you know, I'm giving Kiyosaki's team another plug here is Tax-Free Wealth, Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. Yep. Yeah. He's local too. Yep. Yeah. He's local. He is. Yep. Yeah. So, and I, I, I like his book. I mean, because what they went into there and I, I was, at, I actually had dinner yesterday with one of my doctor friends and he was explaining to me how much money he made in his portfolio for stocks. And I said, well, how much are you going to pay in taxes? And then I pulled out the pencil, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. nerdy. Yeah. I pulled out the pencil, started going <laughs> through the numbers. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. So he, he basically so yeah. in that book goes into details and goes, it says, hey, if you're investing in stocks, how much are you going to pay in taxes over that same period of time? And if you do the same thing in real estate, how much are you going to pay in, in taxes? Yeah. Because of all the tax breaks and you get in real estate and all all the things you can write off in real estate legally right off yeah. real estate. And one of the things that we were talking about too during our break was actually relationships. You know, we were like, you know, sometimes a lot of times your relationships are way more valuable than your money because those relationships actually help you to get more money and things like that. And one of the things that I that I like about you, Mike, from day one was you was always a giver. You know, you were like, hey, I know so-and-so, I can get you connected with so-and-so. So just to tell you guys just a quick little personal story, those of you all that know me, you know, my son is really big into football. And one of his goals is to go to LSU and play football. And I was telling Mike this, and Mike was like, hey, well, you know what? I know a guy that played in the NFL and he played for the University of Alabama and he was, you know, a five-star recruit and everything like that. I'm going to set it up so we can, so you and your son can go out to dinner with him. And Mike absolutely did that. You know, wow. he set it up where we can go out and meet Cyrus. And, and man, I just want to tell you, thank you. Cause I, I can't even remember if I told you, thank you about that. Oh no. I mean, you're most welcome. Anything I can do. And I mean that sincerely, you know, let me know. I'm, mm-hmm. And that goes for anybody in the audience too, because I, I would like to give back to the community. I would like to help people and I'd like to, mm-hmm. you know, mentor the right person. So. And, and and Mike's Rolodex is deep, man. You know, like Draymond right. Green. All right, guys. Yeah. guys. HTML, JavaScript, phone books, Rolodex. Come on, guys. We just need a rotary phone in there somewhere, right? You're right, Mike. We are aging ourselves. There's something going on. There you go. So where was I going? Just just the relationships. You know, guys, it's it's really key to have those those relationships. Oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, and you mentioned Draymond and I, I got to say Draymond, he's, he's a great guy. One of the things is I networked there too, because I've built up the relationships with some of the Michigan state basketball players and families. And over time, and, you know, Draymond's first game was here in Phoenix. He was a second round pick. He, you mm-hmm. know, I'm sure he wasn't happy with that, but he, he actually came here to play in Phoenix. And so he didn't get to play in the, that particular game, but I was the first person that he ever gave tickets to for the NBA tickets and, we went out to dinner and he said, Hey, I want to buy this. And so this is for his mom, Mary. I said, 
hey, I want to buy this Range Rover. So we went over to the Range Rover dealership. And he just he just got in the NBA. And mm-hmm. he said, I want to buy this Range Rover. So I said, well, I won't be, I'm your agent. <laughs> so I walked in there. I pretended to be his agent. And we went up there and I said, and I told him, I was like, Draymond, you can't buy this because your, your first contract, I think you got 2.2 million or something. I don't know. It wasn't, uh-huh. it wasn't a lot of money. I said, you know how fast you're going to go through that money after you pay taxes. And I kind of talked him out of, you know, going down to, uh-huh. to the Range Rover path of buying that stuff. But now he just all, got that, he just had got no that, problem. Now he got that contract. <laughs> he got that contract for what, the eighty million dollars. Yeah, you don't have any problems with that. Yeah. Call him up. It can be your age. Yeah. <laughs> I said, no, they you can buy that car. <laughs> yep, there you go. Yep, relationships. I mean, that goes back to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. You know? So when you start building these relationships, you know, one of the things that a close person to me always told me, he was like, "If you have somebody in your phone book and you haven't talked to them." Just pick up the phone, you know, pick a day out of the week and just pick somebody random in your phone and just give them a call and say, hey, man, just thinking about you. How's things going? You know, and that keeps that that level of communication open. And and I'm guilty of that because sometimes, you know, I don't follow up and call people, you know, that I haven't spoke to in a while. But, man, Mike, you just brought it home. Those relationships are definitely key. Key, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just say just keep on talking. But the other thing I want. One other thing I want to touch on that is when you go to the Azria meetings and you take down these numbers, follow up. Oh, huge. Yeah. How many times do you go to these meetings? I, I must admit, I don't know how many go givers, 20 people. Yeah. That I gave out my number two. And I think maybe one, two people called me back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't do any good to exchange numbers unless you're going to follow up and actually start yeah. going after it and That's calling true. each other. That's so true. So guys, like like I promised, we kind of went everywhere yeah. today. <laughs> we went rentals, short-term rentals. We didn't even touch on the luxury market rentals because that's something completely different. Um, so we'll probably have to get into that yeah. in a in a B conversation. Yeah, we can do it again. Uh, yeah. So Mike, any words from our executive director before we before we end today? No, man, I'm excited to have Mike here, man, from coupon clipper to house flipper. <laughs> Well, we didn't touch even touch on the house. How many houses did you flip in a year? We did a I did 157 houses. In the first <laughs> see, see, that goes that goes back with your chip analogy. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's how you did so many so fast. Yeah. I actually used IT to my advantage and I built up my own systems to make the, the process faster. And I built those relationships with the wholesalers. It's funny because when I walked into the go-givers, a lot of these wholesalers knew who I was. I had no idea who they were, but it was great because they were coming to me with deals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I I was like, how do these people know who I am? But I was like, <laughs> if you put yourself out there and you do a whole bunch of deals, they have, they change list and they, they mm-hmm. do these things. So, you know, just, you, you just keep on sticking with it and then you'll get your name out there and people start bringing you deals. It's the opposite from where I started, where yeah. I practically begged you know, to market. Yep. Yeah. Or run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. So you can flip a coin yourself, you know, in, in a good direction on yourself if you stick with it. That's the moral of the story. Love so, it, man. 100 plus rentals, 100 plus flips in a year, luxury rentals. I mean, luxury short term rentals, built relationships. And a lot of this he did while working a full time job. So, how do we find you, man? If someone wants to call you right now or get in touch with you? Pretty easy. My email address is Mike, M I K E A. 8,000 at gmail.com. And my cell phone is 480-387-7117. And don't be afraid to reach out. I'm here to help. Got the permission right there. There you go, guys. So if you want to learn from 
you know, how he built his rental portfolio, how he did 150 flips in a year, how he's doing with luxury short-term rentals. He got his number, got his email, reach out to Mike. Mike, man, I really appreciate you being on the show, man. It's, a lot of content. We, I mean, we just scratched the surface. Yes. Well, thank, you. <laughs> Love it. thank you both. And we'll, I'll bring you some coupons next time. Yeah, there you go. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, guys, this is the Asria show. We are signing off um, on today. And remember, you can download our episodes every Friday. Every Friday, you can find them on all podcast platforms. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. Keep it the website Keep it uh, <laughs> here at our office, you know, so we're here 40 events a month here. Close. Here 200 a year. There you go. Okay. 200 right, a year. I, Mike, I is, Mike is being modest, but he, <laughs> he basically lives here in the office. Yes. Um. But yeah, we're here. So reach out to us guys. Thank you so much for being loyal listeners. Thank you, Mike. And Mike, yes, once again, signing off you guys. Remember to always, always come to Azria. Awesome, man. Thanks for listening to The Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.